This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Muck Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get reward points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Welcome to Rob Ryan Red, a Wrexham FC podcast by Nathan Salt and Rich Faye, bringing you all the latest views, news and interviews from around the race course. Now, if you're new around here, make sure to subscribe. But enough of that. Let's get on with the show. Season's greetings, Kroisot. Hello, welcome to the latest episode of Rob Ryan Red, the Wrexham AFC podcast, brought to you in association with Red 10 People Development. The new season is upon us. There's no place we'd rather be. Oh, maybe League Two, but Nath, we're back behind the podcast, Mike. Yeah, last season's happened. It's been and gone now. There's excitement in the air. Two new signings, two preseason matches to break down, and that big game against Eastleigh. Cannot wait. How are you doing? I'm I'm giddy with excitement. It does feel like Christmas Eve for me. I'm I'm doing better than the person at South signed off the Gilbert and Rose West stand. Uh, made me laugh a ton uh, this morning when I saw that story. Uh, if you haven't seen it, go and look it up. It gets even funnier every time you look at it. Uh, but I'm rich. I'm as giddy as you. It's new season. I was back, which we're going to get onto that Maxwell game, but I was back walking through. I was so giddy about going back to the Kairas that I even did a TikTok. So if you don't follow us on there, go and have a look uh, on there. Rob Ryan Red on TikTok and Instagram. So I'm trying to do a bit more content over on there, grow those profiles. And thanks to everyone who followed us as well on Twitter. That kind of had a weird spike after you uh, you used your social presence, Rich, to uh, get us some needy Manchester United fans. Uh, but yeah, anyone who's following us on there, yeah, great. And uh, I'm enjoying posting a lot more on there. But yeah, new season, uh, even a defeat at Carnarvon cannot diminish my excitement rich it's it's the new season and nothing nothing's happened yet in the league to kind of ruin that so a lot of optimism around the club at the minute documentaries on the horizon players are coming in some really top level players so what's not to like what is not to like it's just this moment this weird purgatory where everyone's a dreamer everyone can believe it doesn't matter where you finished last season doesn't matter which league you're in last season we are all equal coming into Saturday and this is where the time for talking begins. As end, sorry, it's time to walk the walk. We've had, you know, this mixed bag of pre-season, some 
good results, some disappointing results, some great signings kept a hold of so many good players. We are the favourites. We've got to deal that tag. We are the bookmakers' favourites to go up. Now we've got to go and deliver. And yeah, we will be with you every step of the way. As Nave said as well on following us on socials, if you are new around here, please do leave a like and subscribe. And, you know, that really does make the biggest difference for us, really. And it you know, makes it all worthwhile when we sit down once a week to get everything Wrexham off our chest. But we'll go into today's episode then, Nathan. Yeah, you return to the Kairos at the weekend. New scoreboard in place. Wrexham against Macclesfield Town. Robbie Savage returned and Wrexham ravaged Macclesfield 4-0. Rather comfortable. What did you make of the game? Yeah, at first the first impression I made was that uh, Robbie Savage arrived in a uh, very bling-bling Lamborghini. Uh, didn't have his own reg plate, which I was expecting. I was quite surprised by that. And he didn't uh, wait around for fans to take pictures of him uh, and the Lamborghini at the end. So he was quick to get out of there. And I don't blame him. It was such a one-sided affair. People will say, well, that's obvious. Wrexham have got players. And we had Jordan Jordan Davis, not that one. Uh, the Mac fan, a good friend of mine on th- the last podcast, talking us through. You know, he wasn't too optimistic. But I think, yeah, I think it was as dominant as, as it needed to be. The Man United game park, he said, was basically an exercise for us out of possession. You know, we knew we wouldn't have much of the ball. The idea was, can we have a shape and have a discipline out of the possession? And this 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 Macclesfield game, was the idea was, we're going to have lots of the ball. What are we going to do with the ball? And my main takeaways were, Anthony Ford looks brilliant uh, at right wing back. He looks like a, a real class apart. And you, know, you do wonder what that means going forward for a returning Reese Hall Johnson. Bryce Hosanna's just got a new deal. Congratulations to Bryce. New contract there, new terms. I think he's earned that after last season. A little bit raw, but he was developing all the time. You do wonder what that means now for Reese coming back after his injury, whether that's October or, or late September. Anthony Ford looks brilliant. Got real good delivery on him. Looks more comfortable going forward, I think, than, than going back, but looks a more than competent defender. And Aaron Hayden just sublime again, covering the spaces. He, he didn't miss anything. I was probably most impressed with Luke Young, who, who got man of the match, played a sort of quarterback role uh, for Wrexham. I think you can get away with it in those kind of games when we're going to be dominating the ball. You know, his head was on a complete swivel. He was like an owl. It was 360. Everything everything was just, or oh, he knew everything going on around him. Um, yeah, but thought he put in a, an absolutely brilliant display and was actually streets ahead of, of anyone else who played. Really frustrating, I think, for for Mullin and, and Palmer because they were being flagged for offsides where they were about two, two, three, four yards on. Um, Lionsman had a complete horror show. And maybe that's good that's because good we're going to get that. That's good preparation for the National yeah. League, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, you know, we're going to get that. We're going to get that in the season. But some of the calls were, were horrendous and, and and Mullin in particular was was really kind of losing it a bit by the end. I think, you know, he said at the end, didn't he, that he was done with the white boots that he wore. So we'll see if we see them again. I know Ollie Palmer today posted that he got a new pair of boots. Uh, interestingly, with the England flag on the back. So whether he wears them at the Kairos, who knows? Uh, but yeah, all in all, Luke Young, I thought, was sublime. Anthony Ford and Aaron Hayden, you know, again, just absolutely sublime. I think he had one moment where he gave the ball away. Macclesfield should have scored. But more often than not, he was sweeping up whenever he had it. And a quick word as well to Max Kluwer, though, again, I thought was... I think he'll start at the weekend and I think he will get a lot of starts. I think you looked at Lennon and you've looked at Tonicliffe, both not there physically at the minute in terms of their fitness, both played against Carnarvon or they played a part. 
I think Max has still got a big future. I think the, we were talking, weren't we, on a, a few podcasts ago that what does it mean for Max? Is he now going to be fifth choice? I think he'll get a lot of starts, mate. I really do. And he put in another assured display. Yeah, I think the other benefit for Max is that he does understand the system already as well. He doesn't have to earn Parky's trust. The manager knows exactly what he gets from him. Obviously knows his limitations as well. But yeah, great to see Max still involved and great to see some of the other young lads get minutes as well. I know most of them got outings at Carnarvon, but it's still good to see that that clear pathway now of, of youngsters who are getting contracts and being told this is wh- how we want to develop you. Some of them will go out on loan. Some of them will stay around, get minutes in the cup competitions, maybe the occasional league game as well. But it does feel like we really do have that pathway again. And of course, the reserves as well have been confirmed to come back this season, mm-hmm. the Central League. They'll be managed by Dave Jones. The matches at Nantwich, which is no interesting. We've obviously got a very good relationship with them ever since the FA Cup qualifying match against Marine was was played there last season. And yeah, that's going to be great. That's going to be hugely beneficial for the club, having the reserve team proper back, being able to get minutes and regular game time into these players who are on the periphery. Those returning from injury as well, I think it's just... I think it's a great idea and I'm really delighted to see that. So the Macclesfield game, if you need a reminder, Wrexham opened the scoring, Ollie Palmer from the corner, fantastic header. James Jones then got a predatory finish. He was alert in the box. Again, I thought he was very sharp. Great to see him mm. to, to be playing so well. And this calendar year, he's been excellent. I know we've been, we wrote him off a bit after his first three or four months at the club, but credit to him, he, he looks a proper, proper player now. Aaron Hayden, as you said, Nath, he's just... I keep on saying I've got a new Wrexham, favourite Wrexham player every week and Aaron Hayden is just, he he might be my favourite ever Wrexham defender, which I know that'll, Ooh, be, that I know is, that'll that cause chaos. Shout. I know that'll wow. cause chaos, but I think he's up there. He's just, he is wow. so good. And I also think he's playing way below his level. So he would be good enough Massively. to go into an, almost an yeah. all-time Wrexham 11. And then Tom O'Connor got a goal as well. Some good movement from him, good positioning all round. And, I know fans love the cliched, like a new signing, Nath, but Tom O'Connor, someone we've not seen the best of, it is encouraging to see him on a score sheet and to see him play quite well in pre-season. Yeah, I mean, I thought he was, again, he, he could have been a man of the match contender. I thought he was really, really good against Macclesfield. And again, I think you've got to you've got to just take the performance as what it was. I'm not one for kind of diluting displays because of the opposition. I thought the display against Canaan was particularly poor. It sounded like they wanted it more than us, which I get for them as a bigger game and we don't want to get injured or anything like that, but really disappointed and we'll get on to that uh, when we speak to Tommy. But um, the Maxford game, I thought we we really made the difference show and Tom O'Connor was a really big part of that. It was interesting that the midfield was fascinating to watch, Rich, because a lot of the time it was Luke Young as a kind of a deeper um, of, of the three and two ahead of him. Now, I'd like to see that more this season rather than maybe the double pivot, which I don't think you always need. But it was interesting that Tom O'Connor was kind of switching between the two. So sometimes it would be a double pivot. Sometimes it would be, um, you know, Luke, Luke on his own with, with James Jones and TOC ahead of him. And I thought that was just really interesting. He seamlessly was able to switch between the two. And so you were seeing this sort of rotation in midfield without any clunkiness, which I just thought was was really good. You could tell that, okay, he didn't play a lot. And, and, and when he did, he was coming in at left centre-back or as we saw him in the trophy final. But I think clearly on the training ground, he's worked very closely with Luke Young and 
James Jones. And it, it just makes me wonder, it's a hell of a headache for Parky, the midfield. And that'll be one that we'll get into in, in future episodes and as the weeks roll by. But Jordan, Davis, Elliot Lee, James Jones, Tom O'Connor, Luke Young, all can make really, really strong cases to start games. So how Parky divvies that up, I know... Um, you know, they'll have options off the bench and things like that, but all of those can feel aggrieved if they're dropped, I think. What a selection dilemma that is to have. And I saw, was it yourself, Nave? I know we've got our own WhatsApp group. You posted in the, <laughs> the lineup that Wrexham had for the first game of last yeah. season. I know this is maybe a bit of a clunky thing to bring up because we haven't discussed this at all. And it's not in our notes for, for the podcast at all, but I am going to get that up now because I found it here. This is the team that started the first game of last season for Wrexham. So two all away at Solihull. In goal, Christian Dibble. Back five, Reese Hall-Johnson, Aaron Hayden, Max Clearworth, Tyler French and Jamie Record. Midfield three, Luke Young, Dave Jones, Jordan Davis. Dave Jones, yeah. And up front, Paul Mullen and Jake Hyde. That turnover is unbelievable, really, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I mean, if you, I mean what if you look at it, who are the that? survivors going to be? That who are the survivors going to be four, from, from? You'll get uh, four survivors, maybe, maybe five. Cleworth plays. You have Hayden, Max Cleworth, Luke Young, Jordan Davis, and Paul Mullen. And Davis probably isn't even a guaranteed starter either. So four. You've gone from your strong, not your strongest, because there's mitigation to it, but your starting lineup from last season has only got four survivors this year round, which just shows the turnover that's quietly happened behind the scenes and. We did get to see Wrexham's strength in depth against Carnarvon on Tuesday. Again, this sort of summed up the point that you can't get carried away by preseason results because you can't get too excited about a win and you can't be too negative about a, a defeat either. So Jordan, Jordan Tunnicliffe and Liam McAlinden both came on in that mat game and they started uh, against Carnarvon. Christian Dibble played, so did Bryce Hazana, Harry Lennon, Jordan Davis, Joe Angus and Elliot Lee. So, you know, quite a lot of first-team involvement there. Wrexham, mm. of course, lost 2-0. I wasn't at the game. You weren't at the game, Nath. But thankfully, no. you've caught up with someone who was. Yeah, as we know him by now, podcast extraordinaire Tommy Kaus uh, was there. And as you know, he does brilliant work covering Welsh football in the Welsh system. And yeah, who better to get the lowdown on it? And as we know... He was waxing lyrical about one of the goal scorers, Dion Donahue. Um, but let, let me let me stop talking, Rich, and get to someone who knows exactly what he was on about from Carnarvon. So from the Oval, uh, who was there, Tommy Gauss. Right then, Tommy Kaus, uh, North Wales Live Football reporter by day and a social media ambassador for Wales at night. Chipshot connoisseur, I don't know what he is. Uh, many things, a man of many faces, many talents. Um, I tell you what, let's start with the football because that's, that's what I know better than uh, better than any of the chip shops you've been to. That, that's become, weirdly, that's, <laughs> weirdly, some of those reactions have become very popular uh, under club tweets now. But anyway, last night... Uh, we called this on the Wednesday, obviously. Last night, Wrexham lost 2-0 to Carnarvon. Jordan Davis played, Elliot Lee played, Jordan Tonicliffe. A lot of minutes in the tank for people that hadn't played. Tommy, you were there. You obviously follow You know a lot more about Carnarvon than a lot of people. Was it a surprise to you or was it the wake-up call that, that people, you know, Welsh football needs a bit more respect than we gave it? Yeah, I, th- I think it's a bit of a mixture. Both. Uh, oh, by the way, thanks for drawing a f- uh, attention to the fact that I'm now a meme 
thanks <laughs> to my chip shop antics. But uh, <laughs> yeah, thanks for messing with me. But uh, but no, I um I think basically uh, yeah, I think it was a mixture of both what both the things you said there. I think um, you know a lot of people don't really respect the the Welsh system, and um, and you know I, I'm not sure how many of the listeners will be aware, but the um, you know the Welsh Premier side actually beat the uh, the England C team four 0 back in March, so mm. it, it possibly shouldn't. Um, have been too much of a surprise, but what I would say is um, we had enough quality on the field um, to to do a lot better than what we did, and um, it, it was very much we we played very much like a side who was full of players who didn't want to get injured. They've they've probably got ambitions to be in that starting eleven on Saturday, some of them. Um, so yeah, I think that played a part as well. But no, it, it was poor. We didn't really. Um, didn't really work their keeper, Nate. To be honest, there wasn't mm. too many uh, times where we we sort of uh, carved them up. And, and and in all honesty, Carnarvon probably should have scored a couple more, really. Um, so yeah, just just long story short, I think um, disappointing. But as we've said so many times, we've seen it so many times, haven't we? Both good and bad in pre-season. Um, there's no point getting getting carried away, is it? No, I think you're right. But I think the the Obviously, the manner of the goals, we've seen them now on social media, both really poor, I thought. You know, obviously, the first one we've seen, Dibble's error, and he, and it's cost him an injury, and it looked a bad one as well. It looked like he'd really jarred that knee. We don't know the extent of that recording this now, but, I mean, Tommy, that basically leaves Mark Howard as your, as your one goalkeeper. I think it was a uh, young lad, Louis, from the youth team that came on second half uh, or, or replacing Dibble. You've got Rob Lainton, doesn't look like he's anywhere close to coming back need a goalkeeper now surely yeah I would say so I think so because it, it did ultimately um, it was one of the reasons that cost us last year but um, yeah I, I mean Dibs bless him you know a really good guy Dibs but um, you know he's not good he's not good enough to be playing too many games in my opinion I'm, mm. you know I'm sure he won't thank me for saying that but uh, but no I think I think it'd be good to see us bring someone else in even if it's Maybe I mean this is something I've talked about with other fans, but maybe we could utilize the loan market in some mm. way just to have that backup. But um, but yeah, it's it's a bit of a concern, and, um, and yeah, it was, it was a poor error as well. I'm sure. You, did did you say you've seen it online? Yeah, yes. Yeah, I mean, anyone who hasn't seen it, I don't know if there's some international listeners that listen to this. He's come for the cross, hasn't he? At the back post, he's gone over everyone else. He's he's basically not collected it. He's not been able to. He's sort of parried it into the path of you know, the easiest finish Carnarvon will have probably all season. And he's landed really awkwardly on his, I think it's his right leg, but he, he just landed horrendously on that, jarred it. And, uh, you know, you do wonder now, you, you've got to have Mark, I mean, Mark Howard looked good. Look good. It didn't get tested much when I saw him in that Macclesfield game, but he can't go into a season with just one one fit senior goalkeeper. That 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 just won't work. So, I think I think Parky might have thought maybe he was done after Mendy Dolby, but he he's got to go out and get one. I think now. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. I think, um, yeah, it, it just gives you that peace of mind as well, doesn't it, Nate? Just just to go into the season with with um, you know we've got quality in um, in reserve in most areas of the mm. field. Um, although you know last night wasn't a great example of that, to be honest. But uh, but no. It, you know, I think um, I think once we get underway, I think you, you know you look at guys, maybe you know looking at outfield players now. I think maybe your you Liam McIlinden's um, possibly aren't going to play too many games mm. this year, which, which is a shame because I really rate him. But um, your players like that, um, 
you know, they, they perhaps uh, dropped even further down. I think players like uh, Maka, and I'm not just picking on him, mm. um, I think they're, they're um, what they've got in their favour that they can play a number of different positions. So we've got a few, um, we've got a few utility lads now. I guess the kind of the last takeaways yes. from the Carnarvon game, Elliot Lee, Jordan Davis, two players that look the the midfield is the area where people going into this Eastleigh game, we're going to see a lot of different lineups put out there on social media. That will be the biggest discrepancy in midfield. You know, there's five or six players that believe they can start there every single week. Elliot Lee and Jordan, not to judge them solely on that, but but what was their sort of impression on that game last night? I, I wouldn't say too too influential. We lost the game. So uh, what were your kind of takeaways from them too? Yeah, I think very, very much the, the pre-season performances from them. I mean, they, you know, they both showed flashes. There was one instance with, um, with Elliot Lee where he um, he linked up really well. There's a nice little bit of play with Liam McLendon, and we, we nearly got a, an opening through that. Um, so there was there was little flashes like that, but there was no, you know, we didn't really put Canavan under any sustained pressure or anything like that. And uh, I think individually it was very much, you know, there was a lot of sixes out there. There's a lot of six out of tens out there, really. Um, you know, some couple of fives maybe as well. So, yeah, it was it was... It was below par, but like I say, it's it's about minute minutes in the legs, just trying to get that sharpness. You know, I, th- I think um, the the treble is now. Obviously, that's your last preseason game. Mm. Um, I'm sure you probably want to talk about it after, or maybe you don't. But uh, but I think this reserve team is going to be fantastic for us just to have lads playing football when they're when they're not figuring in the first eleven. Yeah, I, it's it's funny because player ratings are such a, a bone of contention. I remember once I I covered the FA Cup final and Watford lost 5-0 to Man City and I I must have given like a four or if something I mean they've lost 5-0 in the final so I was pretty harsh on the defence yeah and I got an agent the next yeah. day saying you know this is ridiculous uh Adrian Mariapa's agent so and players are very touchy about player ratings but yeah the six is the, the six is the dreaded one because you've made no impression at all reserve team though Tom yeah. um lot I think lots to be excited about with that reserve team Dan Davis Kai Evans Aaron James, we've seen a lot of these youngsters, Will Mountfield in this preseason, valuable minutes for them. And Dave Jones well getting some valuable sort of managerial experience leading that team. Yeah, 100%. I think it ticks a lot of boxes from that aspect, doesn't it? Dave Jones as well. I mean, you know, clearly he's got um, ambitions to I mean, go into coaching, possibly management. Um, so, yeah, that, that's great for him as well. Uh, yeah, I, I think I think it's a no-brainer, really. So, certainly, when you've got a big squad, I can I can sort of understand in the past when we've had like a wafer thin squad, not wanting to to risk um, or commit to uh, regular reserve games. But I think now it's it's a no-brainer, um, and um, and yeah, I, I think you know it's all well and good having the, the old um, behind closed doors games and stuff like that. But you, you want. You know, I know, I know it's reserved football still, but it's it's in a league uh, system, so so they are competitive games, and they're going to be getting that match experience, and um, you know, just keep themselves fresh. I think, yeah, I think, hopefully, I'd like to think that's in reaction to maybe what happened last year when we we lost a couple of our big hitters, um, Aaron Hayden, for example, and then you had Tyler mm-hmm. French coming in out, out the cold. Um, you know, so I think maybe maybe Parkins has looked at that and. Um, yeah, like you say, I just think it, it works all around, doesn't it? Yeah, just another sensible step. And then I guess, lastly, Tom, 
you've obviously been covering the club now. You had last season, that's out the way. How are you feeling about the, the new season? Obviously, a lot of optimism in the fan base. I put a tweet out before, who do we think is going to be champions and playoffs? A lot of people think we're going to do it, and we're quite a pessimistic bunch, really. So, I mean, there's not... Yeah. We're looking at a squad, we're looking at a squad, aren't we, that can't remember too many better squads, really, that we've had in, in especially in non-league, even, even slightly before that. Yeah, hundred percent. I think it's it certainly is one of, if not the best um, best squad. Certainly, if, if you look at it as a squad as well, um, you, you know that ninety eight point season. We had a terrific first eleven, mm. maybe twelve, thirteen. But after that, we were a little bit light uh, because of obviously budget restraints and stuff at the time. I think now we've got as good an eleven, if not better, possibly better. Uh, and now we've got the benefit of having absolute quality down to you know number twenty twenty one in the squad. So uh, so yeah, I, I, I'm confident, mate. I, I'm you know, like you said before, we had a pessimistic fan. <laughs> it feels weird me saying that. I'm usually the first one to say, "Oh, we're finished seventh or something like that." <laughs> but no, I I, I think guns gun to the head time. I think um, yeah, I, I think I'd have to say, uh, you know, we, we'd be massive favourites to be champions. I think. You know, I'd tip us to be champions as well, but it will be interesting to see what sort of competition we're up against. I, I don't pretend to be one of these. Um, I, I know you guys, Rob, Brian, Red, and another fearless lads as well. They, they, they know. Yeah, yeah. They I, I, pret- I, pre- yeah, I pretend, mate. Rich. Yeah, no, don't. I, I pretend. I pretend to know what I'm on about. Yeah, yeah. I'm all over that. <laughs> yeah, I, what? Yeah, you guys sort of you, you take a keener interest in in goings on elsewhere than, than perhaps I do in, mm. in the national league. But um, you know, a lot of my spare times took up with um, you know sort of Welsh football, like you said before. So, uh, by the way, just a quick one for you, Nate. Uh, I would be very very happy if we uh, brought in Dion Donahue after last night. He absolutely ran the show. Yeah, very um, quick, very quick word on him. Then. Yeah, I was going to say very quick word on on Dion because he he scored the free kick, didn't he? If we're looking yeah. at a player, you know, important as well. We're all about supporting local teams when Wrexham aren't playing. You can get out to these Welsh Welsh Prem games. What is it? What makes yeah. him such a good player, Tom, at that level? Oh, I, I just think, um, yeah, I think I think he can almost, um, you know, just adapt. I think you know, like he he's um, he's excellent week in week out, really for for Canavan. And um, and you know, I've got a couple of friends who are Portsmouth fans, and they said he was he was a really good player for them in League One. Uh, so you know, it, it's difficult. It's difficult to come from League One. I know he's a local-ish lad. He's a, an Eastbourne lad, but um, you know, he won't have he won't have known too much about Welsh football in recent years. But he's dropped down, and he's been absolutely terrific there since he's gone come back to uh, to Welsh football. But I mean, there was just a couple of occasions last night where he just effortlessly, effortlessly just stroked the ball 50 yards straight onto to his winger's foot. And I just looked at that and thought, wow, you know, I know we've got lads who can do that as well. Don't get me wrong, but um, certainly last night he was, he was the best player on the field. And um, yeah, I, I wouldn't be too, too disappointed to see him be inside. But I don't think that's hard. I don't think that'll happen. I think he's enjoying his football. Rich, the main takeaway I had, and I kind of touched on it, um, Tom, in, in his segment there, really, I, I just don't think he can catch a break, Christian Dibble, and it's got to a point now where, look, this injury, we don't know at the time of recording what what the extent of that injury is. It looked bad um, when he makes the mistake and he, he fumbles it. It looks like he lands horribly on the knee. 
his time looks like it's it's got to be up now, hasn't it? You'd say so. I think that when you're talking about Christian, you've also got to take a step back and maybe don't get involved in the pylon too quickly because he was excellent towards the back he end was. of last season. He was. You think about both Stockport wins, crucial in them. Some poor moments in, in other games, but as a backup, he, he did do his job, but I think that you've got to be ruthless moving on. And for me, Christian Dibble is too error-prone. The defence don't trust him enough. He makes some great reactionary saves. He does things that maybe other goalkeepers at the club can't do. But then it comes, you know, questionable distribution. Like I said, I'm not sure he's quite vocal enough, quite commanding of his area. Like I said, quite error-prone as well. And, you know, he's been a great servant to the club, the longest-serving player at Wrexham. You know, if he would be happy to stick around as third choice, I would not begrudge that at all. But mm. I think that the, the days of him being a backup have to be gone, sadly. And, you know, you can still appreciate what he's done for the club and say, thank you, Christian, thank you for all of that. But we need to move on. We want to be a football league club. And we keep on saying that the way we're going to do that isn't necessarily by just spending loads of money. It's about having all this infrastructure eventually getting a playing squad that just is of football equality. So by definition, we'll rise to the top of the National League and, and then rise on again. And we've got to be buying players and keeping mm. players now as well who are part of a vision for us, not just this season, not just next season, but the season after. You've got to look at these two, three-year plans of every single player. And for me, Christian Dibble is one of those players that even if he stayed and we went up, he would then be gone. So is there a point in keeping him around the season when he's got such a short-term shelf life? He's been great at times. He's been not so great at other times. And I yeah. also think from his point of view, Christian, go, go out there and, and be a number one for a team. That's it. Because you can That's do it. that. That's it, Rich. What I would say is that I'm thinking that back to the trophy semi-final and we were in, uh, we were in the fancy, we were in the prawn sandwich seats with... Podcast sponsors, let's not forget them. Red 10 People Development bringing this podcast to you. Their support is great for us. And as you know by now, the stings in between, the musical stings uh, by the band Hypnotic. So thanks to them as well. But we were with the people of Red 10, Rich, at that game. And I remember afterwards, both Mullen and Palmer stressed, didn't they, that, that Dibble was key in the game. You know, he made a, a number of saves long before Mullen uh, scores those wonder goals so you know clearly a popular member of the squad but I, I it's more your last point for me you know when he gets back to his fitness and hopefully it's not a serious injury I wish him all the best in recovering from that just go out and play now go out and go out and be be somebody's number one I, I guess the issue for, from Phil Parkinson's side is there's no return date yet for Rob Lainton it leaves you with Mark Howard and I think the lad who came on in Dibble's place at Carnarvon was Louis Parr, who is uh, one of the youth goalkeepers. So, you know, that is the area where I think, I thought we were probably done in the transfer window. I now think you need to go and get somebody on loan, maybe, as Tommy said in his bit, but maybe utilise the loan market, go and get a goalkeeper, because we do look, you know, anything, God forbid, happens to Mark Howard, we're, we're in serious trouble. Absolutely. I, I agree with that. I think that, when you've got the resources to do so and you can get in a if you can get in the goalkeeper who yeah they might come with a sort of league camp mentality of I'm not here to take up a place and, and not play but if you can get someone in on loan where that basically is the proviso that you agree upon then I think that's the the best solution really and again I do want to just reiterate that yeah Christian Dibble done some great stuff for us and 
I would like to see him go and get to a club where maybe he does get the appreciation. But mm. I think that to be at the top end and involved in another title challenging side, I just don't see that really as as the match for for either player or for club at, at this moment in time. But Speaking of players who maybe do have what it takes to get us promoted, Nath, it was a busy Monday as well, a manic Monday, Mendy Monday. <laughs> Wrexham at the double, Sam Dolby signed from Southend and Jacob Mendy Mendy signed from Boreham Wood. We've been getting the insight on both of them this week. We'll start off with Sam Dolby and that was a story that you actually broke last week. Yeah, no, yeah, thanks for that, Rich. Uh, yeah, no, I, that was some intel that I needed to redeem myself, obviously, see what I could get put some feelers out and yeah I, it wasn't a name that had been any I don't think on anyone's radar really and I I don't actually think it was on anyone in the, in the squad's radar really that that Jake Hyde was going to be leaving and a striker would be coming in so things happened really really quickly that week um before it was announced and yeah after the Man United game which we covered in the last podcast thanks for all that listened to that one um th- I, you know I got a message to say look Sam Dolby is going to be on a very lucrative package. He's agreed a deal to go there. Um, you know, definitely more than more than double his wages. Um, and you know, he's very keen. It's just a case of can can they agree a deal? I wasn't actually told the money involved, but I said, look, uh, you know, is this how, how far along is this? They said it's really far along. So, you know, that proved to be accurate. He signed on a two year deal, twenty two year old. I think people expected maybe a bit of a longer deal, but Look, two years is fine. There's an option of a third. He's six foot three, Southend young player of the season. I think he was their top scorer last season in what was a poor side, particularly in the first half of the season. They definitely improved, um, and and really, it's a it's an Ollie Palmer uh, plug. Really, it's an Ollie Palmer plug in. If if Ollie Palmer is out, you've got that target man, and and you speak to people around Southend, um, and, and the big thing they talk about is his link up ability. He's maybe not that out-and-out scorer between the posts that Jake Hyde is, who we've lost. But, you know, he is that link-up man, that target, who puts himself about and why he can improve on his physicality. You know, there's a lot to work with there at 22 after one sort of full season in men's football. So, you know, I was picking the brains of a good friend of mine, a guy called Chris Phillips, who works for the South End Echo, uh, covers them extensively. And I, I just wanted to change the subject for him on the day, the the Rose West uh, scandal. So, yeah, here is what Chris had to say when we spoke about Sam Dolby joining Wrexham. As we said then earlier on, Chris, cover Southend. We've had you on before, Chris. Uh, cover Southend uh, for the Echo down there. Do a brilliant job covering Southend. Never dull, as we know today with the story of the stand. Um, but obviously, one reason I wanted to get you on, Sam Dolby. What can we expect, really? You know, Paul Mullin and Ollie Palmer are there. But if he does come in, whether it's injury or he does play, what are we expecting we're getting? He's a good player. I think the first thing that comes to mind when you think of Sam is his hold-up ability. Um, and that's definitely his strength um, that immediately springs to mind when I, when I think about watching him for every game last season is the way that he's, uh, he's able to hold the ball up and bring others into play. Um, that's definitely his main strength and will probably be one of the main reasons why Wrexham would have been interested in signing him, I, I, I would imagine. Um, he came to South End, I think he burst onto the scene at, at Orient, as Michael Richards would say, and... Um, 
then sort of got moved from there. And prior coming towards South End, he hadn't really played for for a couple of years. So coming into South End, he got those games week in, week out, and, and he certainly developed during his time at, at the club. And it's a shame for him from South End's point of view that he has gone. But of course, you can understand the reasons why. Yeah, the fan sentiment definitely seemed. I think Wrexham fans who said, "Oh, he's been, he looks disappointing on the stat sheet or whatever," were quickly kind of dismissed, and that fans were South End fans definitely seemed disappointed to lose him. Um, and is that, that the general sentiment that people, you know, definitely a player that they would have wanted to have kept? Yeah, I think um, exactly for the reasons that, that we said, like his, his hold-up play in particular, he, he's not um, he's a, not an out-and-out goal scorer, but you need different types of players to, to make up a team. And certainly with the players that he's going to have around him with Wrexham, they're going to be scoring plenty of goals. Sam just about got to, to double figures at South End. There were a couple of penalties included in that. And, and he's still young, that's the thing. I think he's 22, isn't he? So there's still mm. plenty of him to plenty of things to work on and that would definitely be his sort of maybe positioning it in front of goal at times. He's got the ability to score even more goals than he did at South End but it's just getting into that right place at, at the right time but I am confident with the right kind of service and the right kind of play around him that he that he would certainly be able to improve on, on his goal scoring return. I think you've got to look at at South End last season as his first real proper season in men's football. So it would have been a learning curve for him playing sort of week in, week out at that level against sort of the rough and tumble of the National League defenders. So that will have done him the world of good. And and I think if I'm just looking at it, the worry would be that how many games is he, is he going to play at, at Wrexham? That would be the thing that looking at it from the outside, looking in, I mean, you're going to know more than me where that's concerned. But it would be a shame to to go from sort of playing 40 games last season to South End to then being restricted to just a handful maybe next year. But yeah, he definitely improved um, as the season progressed. He works hard. He, he could maybe sort of improve physically. He's quite tall and he could be a bit more domineering. He's got a lot more to his game that, that he could still develop. He could perhaps be a little bit more physical at times. But yeah, he was South End's young player of the year and he was a popular figure during his time here. So he will be missed. I think uh, Southend has brought in Jake Hyde, haven't they? Mm. So that's been gone down quite well with the fans as well. The majority of them, although a few are a little bit concerned about his injury record. So, yeah, there, there was a little bit of sadness when it first broke that Sam would be leaving. But as it goes on, I think people understand why. And Southend is still trying to bring in another striker as well. So hopefully that will sort of help fill the gap that, that he's left behind. But uh, yeah, it is a blow for Southend, especially so close to the season getting underway. I, I felt probably the saddest for the guy who had the flag made up for Sam Dolby. Maybe he needs to, need to ship that up to Rex. Yeah. Uh, I felt, I felt a bit yeah, that's my him. friend. I know that's my friend, Reese. <laughs> so uh, he, uh, I can give you an exclusive here. So when, um, when Southend play Wrexham, he's talking about... Uh, bringing it along and getting a felt tip out and crossing out Dolby and putting Mooney. So uh, <laughs> he's I, trying to... I uh, saw that. I felt, trying, from, I felt from when yeah, I saw that. But you know, yeah. you know, on Jake Hyde, what I would say is on that, you know, we were quite... Definitely there's a group among the, a pocket of the fan base that would have kept Jake Hyde if, if we could have done and sort of saw, yeah. him, as, saw him as the next man up uh, behind Mullen and Palmer. Um, that now seems to be the role Dolby will take, especially... You know, behind Ollie Palmer taking the load off him with the battering and bruising it every week, and you know, similar yeah. type of hold-up link-up player Palmer, you'd imagine score more goals than Sam just based on minutes. But I mean, Jake Hyde, I think we've lost and you've gained if you can keep him fit. A player that 
would just stay between the posts and looked very sharp for us. So the worry for us is that if we do lose a, a Paul Mullin, you know, Sam Dolby is not going to be that... Well, we, we don't see him off the bat as this 20-goal-a-season striker that that you would want to be stepping up. Uh, but Jake Hyde, I don't know, what's the sentiment on Jake Hyde? I mean, season-long loan, it seemed like there were a lot of whispers around that deal. Will he go? Will he not? He's gone now. He seemed, you know, he said he's happy to be there. Yes, he's 32, but if he's fit, I think you've got a great player there. I think that's the question mark, isn't it, that a lot of people have had since he's come to Southend. People have been looking at his fitness record and, and worrying about how many games that he might get for those exact reasons. But Southend needed a striker irrespective of the fact whether or not Sam Dolby was, was going to be staying. They didn't score enough goals mm. last season. I mean, Sam, Sam was, the, was the top scorer and he got 10. And then and the year before that, which we try and eradicate from Southend's history, the top goal scorer actually got three. So it's sort of been, not been the best few years in terms of goal scoring for, for Southend United. So I think this year, touch wood, things are starting to look a little bit better. The recruitment's been quite good. The Dan Mooney and people like that coming in. So you'd like to think that there's going to be more opportunities to, to be created for those that are going to be in, in the striking position. So Jake Hyde's certainly going to get that high calibre of service, hopefully, um, that he will be able able to sort of thrive upon and he's made the right noises so far he certainly seems to be quite enthusiastic to be here and, and he's going to be playing regularly I, I would imagine mm. if fitness allows that to happen so he's going to have some good players around him with Jack Bridge as well he's another creative force that the South End have got so if he can start getting the ball rolling and sort of start hitting the back of the net early on he's got the capabilities you would imagine to sort of maybe get into double figures himself but it's going to be interesting to see uh, how that's going to go, and I understand that he can actually play against Wrexham as part of the deal as well. Okay, so right. that could be quite an, an interesting one that as well. Will be, so, yeah, that uh, will be. Uh, that is interesting. I I'm, that was a question that not a lot of us knew the answer to. You know, he's a great lad, and he'll be he'll be great in the dressing room down there. I guess lastly, because this is our last podcast before the season starts, what what's the mood around Southend this season? We put a tweet out earlier about where do we think people can come. A few people had Southend as a dark horse maybe to yeah. the, top, the top 10, the playoffs maybe. Others had Woken and those kind of teams. Is that where fans are looking or are you thinking just need to do what we can with the money we've got? Yeah, I think um, there are increased expectation levels this season. Obviously, last year and the two years before that had been, well, the start of last year, sorry, was horrific and the mm. two years before that. But since Kevin Mayer came in, there's really been sort of real momentum. He's made some, some good signings for the level. He's signed players that and know the league. She signed some young, hungry players that are on the way up and, and added a little bit of experience as well. Whereas in the past, the recruitment's been quite poor for Southend, and it's seemingly been quite a lot of players that are on the way down in their careers without being too rude, rather than ones that are on the way up. So I think your first target's always got to be to better what you did last year, and I'm certainly confident that, that Southend will do that. I think they've got the capabilities to certainly be in the top 10. Other than that, I think if they're going to push on beyond that, goal scoring will be will be the concern. So obviously Jake Hyde strings to mind and if he can do well, then I certainly think Southend are going to be in and around the playoffs. But sadly, Southend's a bit of a club like no other. I and mean, there's always something leering in the background that could go wrong at any point financially. So you're always a little bit worried that the foundations perhaps aren't going to be as strong as you would like them to be and, and to be correct for the able to have that sustained success to be able to be built upon. Um, but if you look at it at the moment and you look at the squad that Southend have and, and the players that they've got and the one or two more that they're trying to bring in, then I can't see any reason why Southend shouldn't be pushing for a place at the playoffs.
so rich. I, I, the first thing to take away from it, really, was that Jake Hyde can play against Wrexham as part of his deal. I don't think anyone was really sure either way. We now know from South End side that that he can. So that'll be very, very interesting. What could possibly go wrong there, hey? Jake <laughs> Hyde scoring the promotion-winning goal for South End at the, at the race course or something. That's what you can expect. But yeah, I, I think that was clearly South End's brokering in the deal because from their point of view, Wrexham wanted to get rid of Jake Hyde. They didn't want to have an unhappy striker on their hands. And, you know, he has been professional throughout his layoff, but he must have been aggrieved to hear that Wrexham were in for another striker given that he's been this backup role. Really, he got that injury. Holly Palmer was signed and it's just never quite worked out for him. And Wrexham, you know, were in the in the market to get rid of him and Southend basically said, well, we'll take him, but this is the rules that we want to play by. And if you won't play by them, then we won't take him. And it's worked for them. I hope it doesn't come back to haunters. I, I remember, was it that Philip Coutinho when he's on loan from Barcelona to Bayern Munich and then scored two goals against Barcelona? Was it? was it in a yeah. seven or eight nil Champions League? It was something like eight two or something like that. Yeah. In, in and the then Champions went on League. to win yeah. the Champions League with his loan club and, I'm not saying Jake Hyde's going to do that necessarily, but I'm a pessimistic Wrexham fan, as I think we all are. So it has crossed my mind. But yeah, really interesting dynamic there. And I do think it's great that we've got someone with that physical presence up top because we saw how much better the team got and how much better Paul Mullen got when he had that target man to play off. Someone who makes the ball stick in the final third. Someone gives you that out ball. Another threat from our set pieces, which were excellent from anyway. And it means that not even if Oli Palmer's injured or he's suspended, but just if he needs a rest or in games towards mm. last season where we were running out of steam. And I know you can write a list of reasons why we didn't go up. One of them was just that we were so over-reliant on Mullen and Palmer and Parkey didn't want to bring either of them off. Even if we were chasing a game or we were level, he was just reluctant to sub them because he thought, well, there is a downgrade in quality now, which is understandable yeah. because they're football league, league one standard strikers. And I think with Dolby, you've got someone who isn't quite that level yet. He's got the potential to be with his with his young age, but he's got that presence. He's got that about him. And he's someone who has scored goals at this level. Yes, it was a, a modest number last season, but then there's the mitigation of why that happened at South End. And I think it's a very sensible acquisition. And again, full circle, as I say on quite a few pods, Parky's recruitment has been pretty good so far. I know we've spent a lot of money, but I think we've spent it quite well. And if it's good enough for the manager at this stage, I'm very happy to say, well, yeah, that's good enough for me as well. Yeah, and it's funny you talk about the outball. You know, it's always good to have targets to aim for, these toes of throws. And I think it's probably worth getting on to the, the Jacob Mendy deliveries, Rich. You know, I think he is a very, very good sign. And, you know, a lot of people were saying who's going to be sign of the summer is it going to be mark howard i think he looks good i saw there was some doubts about his kicking ability i'm just going to put that down to an off day against macclesfield as he kind of settles into everything jacob mendy though a very very good player um who is you know rising through the ranks very quickly a real threat uh, from that left side him and mcfadzian is going to be a hell of a battle uh for that left wing back spot tinged with a, a little bit of disappointment that maybe dan davis won't get uh, too much of a look in, in that first team but look his time will come and reserve football will be good for him and get opportunities in the trophy but Jacob Mendy what do you think on that three year deal wasn't it for a 25 year old I think he is so a lot to like in that deal isn't there Rich? 
I think it's potentially a signing of the summer. I, I put this in the Manchester Red Supporters Group chat saying, for me, that probably is the signing that's impressed me the most. And I know some of them came back and said that Ford might also be considered signing of the summer. But for me, Mendy's just got so much to his game. He really is that sort of modern wing back. And we'll get onto that in a minute, the, the boring wood insight on him. He is a player who, again, has proven his level. We spoke upon this, didn't we? Was it in January or was it towards the end of last season, maybe even? We said, will Wrexham go and buy some of the top talent from non-league? Because our our approach has been very open, hasn't it? That we've gone to get the best football league talent. And, you know, that obviously brings with that quality, but it also brings a learning curve. And there is this expectation that if a player comes from a higher up league they'll fit seamlessly into non-league but it really is a reality check and I remember I think was it Palmer and Toza both went on record and slated the officials and were like we knew they were gonna be bad yeah. we didn't know they'd be this bad <laughs> we've had to adapt our game it's just been ridiculous and you get an element of that from all players as well but Mendy has been one of the outstanding young talents in in National Mendy, League Mendy. For the last two seasons I know he's got a great backstory, Nath, that maybe we'll get into well, yeah. maybe now before we bring the interview in. But okay. yeah, he's that's a fascinating good. player, isn't he? And he's someone who spoke so... He just had that real excitement in the club media interview he did. And he seems like he really does want to come here and take his game to the next level because he's been excellent. But at two clubs where you've got a limited sort of exposure, you've not got the biggest crowds in the league and you've not got too many people watching you anyway and if you score a great goal for Wheeled Snow Boring Wood it probably isn't going to go as viral as scoring a goal for Wrexham will do and you don't have that backing behind you and it's going to be fascinating to see how he copes. Yeah I mean he scored an absolute belter a couple of years ago for Wheelston against Wrexham um, which I put out on uh, at Rob Brown Red on Twitter at a stunning strike but you know Mendy's stories particularly inspiring i would say and and uh, unorthodox um you know grew up uh and eventually made his way as a teenager over to england he his dad was ill or took injury and was unable to work so uh jacob mendy mendy so good they named him twice as people will no doubt sing on the terraces this season you know at 19 he had two jobs um working in a recycler separate the recycling and the rubbish and another he was a cleaner at the excel arena and that was just to pay bills. And then he was building houses in Kensington while playing for Wealdstone. So, you know, he's he really had to graft his way in, then gets the move, the full-time move to Boreham Woods, does brilliantly with them, you know, ends up going far in the FA Cup. And I know they begrudgingly lost him. They, they definitely weren't happy. If you saw their statement, they were begrudging the fact that he was going to Hollywood, but Hollywood backed, Hollywood owned Wrexham. Um you know, he signed a, what was it, inked a three-year deal at Wrexham on, I don't know the terms, I'm sure they're very nice terms for him. He's come a long way from when he was at Red Hill and he was earning £40 a week to play for them um, while he was working and, and in the recycling and everything. So, you know, really can't begrudge anyone, anyone like that who looks like he just loves playing football. And I feel like that's important because you see a lot of pros that sometimes, dare I say, they look like they're just going through the motions of when a lot of us would kill to be out there um, Mendy often, yeah, I spoke to someone who, who'd seen him um, at Wealdstone at uh, Boreham, where they just he just plays with a smile on his face, just loves the battle and loves to play. And I, I think the, the the spotlight won't be too bright for him. I think he'll I think he'll have a really good season. It's just when will we get to see him first? You know, he didn't get that run out at Carnarvon. 
will he go straight in? Callum McFadden, I think, will probably start against Eastleigh, but that is going to be one hell of a battle for positions that we said, Rich, that we really wanted to see strengthened. I thought the wing backs were two were were two areas where we really did need, if anything, quality, but also just reinforcements and yeah, to combine those quality reinforcements. So. You know, I think this is a really, really good signing. And and you spoke to someone who knows a lot more about Jacob Mendy Mendy uh, more than you or I, I think, almost yeah, certainly. Yeah, a lot more than me. I can definitely vouch for that. Yeah, I caught up with Brett Lewis, who is the Boreham Wood reporter for the non-league paper. And he's also author of a book about Boreham Wood's journey called The Amazing Journey, rather fittingly, covering Boreham Wood from the rise from the Ryman League Division 1 North to the National League between 2008 and 2015. So yeah, I caught up with Brett this week. Excuse the dodgy phone signal. And we spoke about Jacob Mendy Mendy. Brett, Wrexham have signed Jacob Mendy. I guess first and foremost, what can we expect from him? Well, he's a player. Uh, he's a good, you know, he's good on the left side. He's uh, sort of good at going up and down. Listen, he's a defender, I think, first and foremost. Uh, but I think when he gets forward, he you know, delivers a good cross. And uh, I think with him, uh, we signed him last year, last summer. And he's one of those that kind of improved steadily as the season went on. Uh, I suppose we were technically taking a little bit of a pump with him because I think he'd come from only that one season in the National League. Uh, so we took him on and he he was a big part of our season. He was a big part of what was good our season. Yeah, in terms of his qualities then, I mean, he scored a wonder goal against Wrexham a couple of seasons back that had been replayed yes. on social media this week. What would, you that, say, yeah. what would you say his strengths and weaknesses are as a player? He's a good defender. I think that's first and foremost. I think that's pretty key. I mean, with us, he was playing as a sort of left wing back, so to speak. Uh, so, I mean, he's good at getting forward. He puts in a good cross. You know, you think he, I think he got quite a few assists last year. In terms of weaknesses, obviously he doesn't, I know he actually scored against Wrexham, whatever it was, two seasons ago. But he doesn't get many goals. So he's not going to particularly add to the uh, score sheet much. But yeah, he's a very good defender. Very good, very good left-sided player. In terms of what you said then, he's more of a wing-back than a full-back, you'd say? Well, it's difficult to say because at Bournemouth, that's the way they play with wing-backs. So that's where he played for us. Uh, so uh, yeah, in terms of his spell when he was at Wolfstone before, I believe he was probably, you know, at the time, he was possibly more of a left-back. I may be wrong. But when I've only sort of seen him play regularly as a wing-back. Yeah, in terms of Boreham Wood's own sort of feelings towards him then, I mean, obviously you had some real highs last season, obviously maybe yes. pitched it out towards the end, which which we saw. You almost did us the favour against Stockport and then we drew ah. you ourselves. But yeah. what's the feeling from Wood fans of, of losing him this summer? I think you're disappointed, I think that especially so close to the start of the season. Uh, you know, there's never a good time to lose a good player. But I think, yeah, I think it's disappointing that we've lost him. Uh, Obviously, yeah, we had a 
couple of good games against Bournemouth with last season as well. We remember the one all at the end of the season, but that fantastic match at the race course as well when, when we won 4-2. Had Scott Bowden, of course, uh, shushing the home crowd. Jamal Fifield <laughs> still at the uh, wood as well. Yes, what, what is the feeling around Bournemouth ahead of the new season then? Well, you're going to the season now. I think it's positive. We've made quite a lot of new signings. Uh, sort of regular players. Uh, I mean, a few went last year, but uh, they've all looked quite good. We look quite like we've got quite a strong squad. And so t- hopefully, we can withstand the fact that Jacob Mendy Mendy's gone within that squad. Uh, and in terms of. I, I mean, I love knowing this because obviously, as Wrexham fans, we are very self-centered on our, on our own club. But what is Bournemouth's sort of feeling towards Wrexham? The money team in the league, but also the team who have been here the longest. Do you think there is sympathy from clubs down south towards us, or is it better for you if we do go up? Well, my thought last season was I wanted to just go up, so we wouldn't have to worry about you this year because I thought you'd be stronger. I mean, that's that—that that was my opinion, but. I was, to be honest, personally, I was so in awe of that match against Grimsby that I didn't really mind who won that at the end of it. I thought it was fantastic. Uh, but I think, sort of looking at it last season, I thought you'd go up. And I thought you'd possibly even go up again this year. And in terms of your own, I know, reporters, we don't want to be put on the spot. Do you have a prediction of what you're expecting from Borenwood this season? Well, hopefully playoffs. I mean, listen, we should have probably, you know, we should have been in that position last year but hopefully this year we can make the playoffs and then as you know yourself it's a bit of a lottery from that point yeah too much of a lottery I think but no Brett... I expect us to win the league but I'm hopeful <laughs> of a playoff place this season what could possibly go wrong okay we like to watch attacking players at the Kai Vars don't we and I can't wait to see him don a red shirt yeah I'm, I'm excited I, like I said about Ford yeah, I think a lot of games, we just need to go for the jugular and go on the front foot. Teams will be reluctant to come on to us, I think. And really, I'm expecting, I'd like Wrexham to be, um, I, I heard this phrase and I'm going to steal it, but I'd like Wrexham to be like Godzilla and the National League to be like Japan. Um, so I kind of want us to just wreak complete and utter havoc. It obviously won't play out that way, but that is the analogy I'm looking for. You know, we, we have so much talent now. There's no reason why we shouldn't be trying to just blow teams away early on. And, and and that would mean that the wing-backs can go a bit higher. Yes, they've got to do their defensive duties, but I think both Ford and Mendy or McFadzian or Hosanna all have the pace to go up and down. You know, they've got great engines, all four of them, and Reese or Johnson when he gets back. So, you know, there's no... One thing Parkey doesn't have this season is excuses. You know, he's built the squad in his image now has had huge investment. This has got to be it, Rich. And, you know, there aren't obvious holes in the squad other than depth in the goalkeeping position due to injury. There isn't obvious holes in it. So, you know, this this has to be it, Rich, I think. Well, I was going to come on to that next. We obviously put a native out on Twitter this week at Rob Ryan Red, if you don't follow us already. Tunnicliffe, Howard, Lee, Ford, Dolby and Mendy all signed. We asked fans to rate the transfer business out of 10 so far and ask if there's any other positions they'd like to see strengthened. Nath, myself and you were both in agreement, really. I said it's got to be a 10, even if we are greedy for more new arrivals. Six superb signings, an incredible squad depth, and we've managed to keep hold of our key players too. 
even more excited for this season than I was for last. But this is Wrexham, so I still don't believe we can do it until it happens. I think you echoed those words yourselves, and it seems like a lot of supporters did as well. There was so many 10s in the replies, a few saying maybe an 8 or a 9, and they still want another signing, preferably in midfield, it looked like the most. But for yourself, Nath, are there any areas of weakness that you see? I mean, we've spent so much money, we're not going to be having any sympathy from fans if we've not got the squad required to go up, are we? No, it, it, I mean, I would have said a 10. Um, it's just the amount of the goalkeeping position. You know, injuries to Dibble and Lainton. Will he be back before the end of the year? You'd hope so. Doesn't sound like he's anywhere close. That's the only one now where I'm always, I'm always, I don't, I've never been one to like to have a bench full of outfield players. Um, you know, I know some people say it's a bit of a waste having a goalkeeper on the bench when you've only got, was it five subs? But I, I think it's imperative. So I would make that a priority now, um, even if it's not before Eastley, definitely before Yeovil, just to keep Mark Howard on his toes if anything else in training if, if we've only got one goalkeeper him and Aidan Davison what we should say is congratulations to Mark Howard he's launching his own podcast Rich he's coming on our turf I don't know what's going on he's trying to steal all our all our clout and all our listeners so no he's, he's launching his own podcast uh, it's called Yours Mine Away which are all popular goalkeeping shouts. I'm interested to see who he gets on. Goalkeepers past and present, no doubt. I mean, we've had the yeah. best. We've had Jocelyn Miebe, so good luck trying to beat we that have. Mark Howard. <laughs> yeah, go back. Actually, I was, I was speaking to someone next week's guest, actually, a very, very special guest, but I was speaking to him about Jocelyn Miebe. So go back and listen to that one if you haven't already, earlier in our catalogue. on who next week's guest is? Uh, how I don't know how you would like to tease it out. Um, what clue would you like to give as you know someone who is synonymous with a football club in the last decade? Multiple um, spells at the club. Multiple spells at the club. Uh, wore the armband for us. I think that's about it. Worn the armband for us. Multiple spells at the club. I mean, it's not exactly has your, a your lot to say. Trivia Tuesday, is it? It's not that difficult. No, it's but, that, um... that was that the last Trivia Tuesday. I. I I refuse to believe anyone got the answers to that, um, but hopefully they've been good fun for people that have interacted with them. So thanks for interacting with those all on our Instagram if you missed any and want to kind of quiz yourself or you just want to, you know, quiz your friends and family on Wrexham trivia. Um, but yeah, Rich, I think transfer window wise, I don't necessarily want to see another midfielder now. I know there's been a lot of talk about Tom Lowry and, and stuff like that. We've got so many options. There's an element of having too many, too much of a good thing as well. You know what I mean? I like to have an ice cream or some cake or whatever, but at the end of the day, enough's enough. And I think we've got enough quality players there that it's going to be a job to keep all of those happy. So I'm not necessarily itching to see another midfielder come in personally. I don't know about you. No, I, I agree on that one. I think that you can have too many options, really, and it's unhealthy for the dynamic of the squad. We've just seen what signing a new striker meant. It meant Jake Hyde was even more unhappy. I know, he, like we said, stayed professional. He never sort of voiced his concerns too publicly on that, but you can't keep everyone happy. And I know you've got a packed schedule and there's going to be times where you need to rotate and enforce changes, etc. But we saw last season as well, we had loads of strikers, but we never played two of them. So we don't need another yeah. midfielder. Because what was the point of some of our strikers by the end of the campaign? No offence to them, but all those that left and maybe some that have stayed, you you wonder 
what was their real role? What They had no realistic chance of ever playing or impacting a game or getting a start. So what was the point? And I think that it is about squad balance and squad harmony. And we can always talk about, let's buy them, buy them, buy them. But I see this reporting on Manchester United. You can get too fixated on transfers and think they are the solution. Mm. It's as much about having a system that works and about having a core of players who are happy. And if you've got the momentum and you've got the squad morale, you've done the hard part, really. You go out there and, and winning games is much easier. You cannot win games if you've got an unhappy squad and you're not playing in, in the right way with any formula behind it. So I think you just got to, to back Parky now. And the other thing is we've got the money. If things start going wrong and we realise we're one signing off, we can go and get it now. So I think we've just got yeah. to go into this season with what we've got, get the momentum build and just see how the team sort of forms. That starting lineup will will gradually come together and it will go from there. So... I'm trying to be That's as positive starting. as possible. Yeah, you are. You are, which is rare rare for you. I know, rare <laughs> for both of us, actually. But, Rich, that starting lineup, we're swapping you in for Parky against Eastleigh, which is a worry, but we'll, we'll, we'll do it for this hypothetical scenario. What team do, do you... What team would you pick? Not not what do you expect. What team would you put out for the opener? It's a difficult one, particularly that you've just thrown it on me with no preparation whatsoever. Well, I can but... give you my one. I can give you my one then if you th- if you if you want, and then you can kind of pick holes in mine if that's easier. <laughs> I've kind of go, laid go out my it. teams. It's up to you. So I think obviously Mark Howard is going to play in goal. Okay, I think my back three would be Aaron Hayden, Ben Toza, Max Cluith. I would start Callum McFadzian. Uh, big fan of Jacob Mendy, Mendy, but I would start McFadzian. I would go with Ford as my right wing back. I would play the same midfield three that played against Macclesfield. I'd play Luke Young, Tom O'Connor, and James Jones. And I, yeah, I would play the exact same team that played against Macclesfield. The exact same Mullin and Palmer up top. I'd, I'd, I'd agree with that as well. Like I said, I think the only changes are maybe if you can get another centre back in for for Max. I, like I said, I don't think there's any need to do it, particularly against Eastleigh, who will come on to people's season predictions shortly. Lots of people are tipping them for relegation, so I think you can afford to give Max a run out. And listen, he was excellent last season. He isn't he isn't some unproven kid anymore, like like he was at the start of last season. Really, you know, mm. he's highly rated, excellent prospect, and he was excellent for the majority of last season as well. So, to be honest, that that is the team I'd go for as well, injury permitting. The midfield, like you said, O'Connor, Young, and Jones, it got enough balance for me. Does it have enough creativity? That's the only question yeah. I ask. Yeah, you need someone who can break the lines, maybe take those risks. I think it maybe is a bit too safe, and I could see a situation in which we go with that team. It goes a bit shaky. The crowd maybe start to get on our backs a little bit because you know these are Wrexham fans who have been hungry for for some football over the last few weeks, some proper meaningful football as well. And without Jordan Davis or Elliot Lee on the pitch, we might lack that creative spark. But as long as you've got at least one of them on the bench to influence the game, then that's excellent. So. Yeah, it it depends on fitness. For me, ideally, I I would have either Lee or Davis starting just because I think yeah you need that creativity and and, and you you need it you know as often. In as place possible. of who though? That's the question. In place of who? Who do you drop in that midfield? It's so tricky. Like I said to you on probably our WhatsApp chat, you can make cases for all of those midfielders. Um, Particularly yeah, O'Connor you, you, because he will have been promised a, a big role when he joined the club and he's not had it yet. He's, he's had a better role and he's grown into it. But for, for what he's done, you know, he took a huge risk leaving the Football League at the age he was, very highly rated. And if he's not playing every week, then what was the point from his personal mm. point of view? 
And same with James Jones. And then Luke Young's the captain. Like I said, it is just I don't I don't I, see a way around it. And it's a I don't either. It's a welcome selection, you know, concern to have. And yeah, fascinated and can't wait to see the way in which the season does unfold. We posted a native on Wednesday asking you if your predictions for the new National League season. We asked you who you think the champions will be, who will be the playoff winners, the dark horses, don't necessarily need to go up, just the team you think will overachieve, the top goal scorer in the division, the biggest underachievers, and who you think will be relegated. Nath, do you want to kick us off on this? Yeah, I'll kick you off with mine. Um, so I've I've boldly gone that we're going to win the league. I just cannot foresee a scenario where this squad is so loaded. You know, I, I, if this squad was in League Two, I'd give it a very good chance to go up in League Two. So they're going to prove famous last words and they'll get clipped up by some rival podcast and no doubt come back to bite me. But I've gone for Wrexham to win the league. I've gone for Notts County to win the playoffs. I've gone Torquay as my dark horse. And I've gone for Paul Mullin to repeat the feat and finish top goal scorer. My underachievers are set to be Halifax and my relegated quartet are Aldershot, Eastleigh, Wealdstone and Maidstone United. I, so I'm, you know, I'm wondering, shall I say the one that I put in our group chat first or the censored version that will keep Rex and fans happy? Um, yeah, I would go with whatever you think, mate. Whatever you think. I've gone, I've gone for us to go up. You go with honesty in your heart of hearts what you think will happen, I think. You have to. We've got to be honest on here, surely. Yeah, OK. Well, Wrexham should go up. Wrexham are the best team, the best manager, should. the best players. But I have been cursed and I feel like this team, you know, we, we all feel like we will not believe it until we see it. And a part of me just can't envisage Wrexham winning the league. It can't envisage a title parade. It can't envisage all the excitement and fun of that. I just, I am so harmed by my past and all those times I've had <laughs> my hopes up that I just can't, I can't get carried away by it. And I really do regret saying that. For me, champions, I'm between Solihull and Chesterfield, I think, because I think if right. Chesterfield find form and, you know, Shimanga starts doing what he does best, then they, they've got a chance. But the counter argument to that is if, if Shimanga's as good as he was last season, I think he sold in January because, you know, the money will just get too big for him. So there's that mitigation to that. I think Solihull have, have strengthened wisely again and have a real, real clear philosophy of play. Playoff winners, same as you, Notts County. Dark horses, I think Woking, I think they've got some great appointments, some great recruitment as well. Padraig Amund, I think, is an excellent yeah, addition at this level. Sign. Top goal scorer, it's got to be Super Paul Mullen, hasn't it? There's, there's no question about that. Underachievers is a difficult one. I've put Wrexham because if we don't go up, that is the biggest underachievement. Because yeah, okay, how much right, we spent it. because it will yeah. be a two-year project. So if Wrexham finish second and don't go up, I think that's the biggest underachievement. But I don't, yeah. I don't. I'm not saying we're going to finish 18th or whatever. I just think that if we right. don't go up, that is the biggest underachievement. And then my relegation quartet is Aldershot, Maidstone, Dorking, and Barnet. Oh, Barnet. Okay. Yeah. I mean, all you know, they'll definitely be in the mix. I just naively want Dawkins to stay up I think but definitely got some good good options here just to read a few out before uh, we wrap it up obviously a lot of people who've replied to us have gone for Champions Wrexham it was the Dark Horse that got me a couple for your chat Woking someone's put Dagenham and Redbridge as a Dark Horse uh, York a few people put I don't really know what to expect from those well they've sounded uh, Scott Bowden, haven't they so he's definitely yeah, going to score Scott at the race Bowden. course 
and Cup is here, no doubt. Someone's put South End, which, as Chris said earlier, they've definitely got increased expectation down there, especially if they can keep Jake Hyde fit. Uh, who else? We've got Bromley. Someone put as a dark horse. Well, Al Pinches um, said that Maidenhead were his dark horses. That is a huge shout. I, I've, I've seen another one, Matt, put that uh, Oldham will be his biggest underachievers and Altrincham is his dark horse, which, again, is well, another bold shout. Phil Parkinson. Well, Alti have just gone full-time this season. They've kept some good players. Yeah. Parkinson, well, their, their Phil Parkinson stayed as well. I do think that, you know, they are they are in with, with a shout. Um we had someone there. Was it? I, sorry, I'm gonna absolutely crucify your your <laughs> login here. Loggy Loggy Oni Loggy Loggy right. Eno. The, We've the, absolutely butchered. Loggy Eno <laughs> said Wrexham to right. win the league with a hundred points, Oldham to win the wow. playoffs, and said that wow. Wolfram will be the biggest underachievers. So there's a lot Oof. of conflict in here. George Jones as well said Ollie Palmer to win the Golden Boot. Bromley as That's the big biggest un, uh, biggest uh, dark horses. And yeah, I saw somebody just... say that Torquay will go down, which were they were my dark horses. So the beauty of it, Rich, we don't know until a ball is kicked. Saturday, I'm very excited. I'm going up for the game. Who knows? We, a lot of us are predicting Eastley to go down, so that almost means that they're going to put in a huge display against us. And look, it's going to be forty plus cup finals for Wrexham now. So how do we handle it? We've, let's hope that whoever said it, I, I forgot his name now, but whoever said it, hundred points. Let's hope that's it. Don't and make we, me say it again. Let's hope, mate. Let's hope. But, you know, I'm excited. I don't know. What do you think? Score predictions. I'm going to go 2-1. I think we both went with that, did we, before? 2-1 to Wrexham? Yeah, I just think it's going to be a bit of a sluggish start. I think there's going to be so much expectation on us to come out of the blocks and score. I think we've both got the same sort of score, sort of in-game prediction as well, that Eastley will mm. go ahead and then Wrexham will come I, back. I, I and know. Win. I know. Just because I, We're good at I that, feel though. like... We're good at that. We, we showed that last season. I just feel like every time there's this expectation excitement, which I know was proven so many wrong, times wrong last season anyway, is that within 10 minutes, Eastley will score and their strike will be shushing the, the tech end and then we'll go and win it you know, ourselves anyway. But, of course, Eastley at home last season, the Santorini game for me, I was listening to it on the radio, the Paul Mullen last kick of the game penalty winner, 3-2. It's going to be another fascinating match this weekend and... <laughs> Uh, I can't wait. I cannot wait. And there's just so much excitement and so much excitement for us as well being on this podcast for another season. We will be with you every step of the way. Naif, thank you so much for all your work this week as always. And thank you for being on the podcast again. Oh, I th- that, sorry, I didn't realise you, you, were, you were coming back to me. Yeah, no, as always, Rich, I'm very excited. Podcast again for another season. I'm. This has got to be it, hasn't it? I, I don't know. Can we take another... We can't take another season talking about the national league so for the for the sake of the podcast lads uh please go go up please please just do it and uh yeah if it is rich it's going to be one one hell of a ride last season was a a roller coaster of epic proportions ups and downs uh ended on a down and, and we're on the way back up so yeah thanks for having me back on i'm very excited is this it is this it, to uh, paraphrase the strokes? Uh, thank you very much for joining us today on Rob Ryan Red, the Wrexham AFC podcast brought to you in association with Red 10 People Development. Our O music is not brought to us by the strokes. Maybe the Wrexham's version of the strokes, hypnotic. Thank you very much for joining us once again on Rob Ryan Red. Thank you to everyone who contributed to today's show as well. Chris Phillips, Tommy Kaus and Brett Lewis and all of you who got involved on social media. We'll be back again next week and the week after 
and the week after we'll be with you all season please leave a like and subscribe if you haven't already take care and we'll see you again next time the Talksport fan network is proudly teaming up with free for mental health awareness week this year we understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing but rest assured you're not alone there's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's the 90th minute. All your mates are around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mate's already got butt for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.